This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Hello, welcome to another episode of Poetry in Motion, or as we should call it, the hangover from the party the night before. Uh, Liverpool's nightmare in Napoli continued last night. Uh, here to talk through it all, pick the bones out of it with me is Paul Paul Wheelock. Believe it or not, we've we've dusted him off, we've jump started him, we've oiled him up, we've looped him, and we've wheeled him in. How are you, Mister Wheelock? I'm good. I just feel like that player who gets wheeled out, you know, for a couple of appearances a season, so I get me titles when his when his medal at the end of the year. You'll get more. You'll get more played than than Jack will. Put it that yeah, way. that's true. Yeah, uh, this no. season. Yeah, post holiday, feeling good. Yeah, feeling good, feeling fat. Are you, are you, are you in your pants fitting you again? Uh, slightly. Uh, just to let you into a little uh, thing, uh, Paul Wheelock told me not to tell no one, but. Just after he come back of his oldies, he bent down to pick up something and ripped his kecks. Did you in here? No, on the first day back. First oh. day back. Yeah. That, that, ladies and gentlemen, is an all-inclusive. <laughs> That's what they call an all-inclusive. Really yeah. uh, joining him is Joe Rimmer. How are you, Joe? I'm good, thanks. I haven't seen you for a while. I haven't seen you for a while, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's funny how I mentioned in my last podcast that I'm thinking that Kiva and Connor might be my two favourite people and suddenly Joe Rimmer turns yeah. up. Well, that, but that's not true, is it? No, it's not true, actually. It wasn't true at all. It was to entice you back. Yeah, and it worked. And it worked. That and the bueno worked. <laughs> uh, welcome back, boys. Uh, let's talk. Let's get straight into it. Last night, 80 minutes into the game, 79 minutes or 80 minutes into the game, it was uh, it was looking like we could have done better, but we but it was it was sort of you know um, mission accomplished. And then um, you know uh, a very very dodgy uh, penalty later, and then a really clumsy second goal, and, and we we were up against it. Where did you where did you think? We'll start with you, Joe. Where did you think that uh, that it all went wrong for Liverpool? Just one moment. Just one more. I, th- I thought it was a decent, decent away performance. You'd be happy with that in Europe. I actually thought, well, I'm sure you both agree that just, just at that time, Liverpool were starting to shade it. And yeah. I thought they're, they're going to score. Getting it, more right? possession yeah, with him. And, and they they brought on Lorente, didn't they? And changed formation. It didn't seem to really work for them. And then just one moment, you know, Andy Robertson sticks his leg out. He f- throws himself over it, and and that the game changes. But these things happen. I don't think it's. Doesn't you need to be too downhearted about it? We all saw what happened last year when they got beat away at Napoli, and it it won't make a massive difference. I'm I'm fairly certain they will still go through this group. I'd still bet bet on them going through this group uh, as top top the top team, and you know I think there's plenty to be positive about. Much better than last year. It was much better. Last year was one of the worst performances in the current regime that I'd ever seen. It was it was absolutely dreadful. It wasn't a shot on target, wasn't it? In many ways, it went to the other end of the scale, did it not, Paul? Because we had we had attempts. But it, if I was to sum up in one word Liverpool's performance last night, it would if there was a if there was a negative word, it would be sloppy. I found them sloppy in front. I mean, particularly the front two. Firmino wasn't too bad. Didn't have many chances. Um, scuffed a couple. The header that, that that was you know that was speculative. Out it was near the edge of the box anyway. Went just past the post. Would have had the goalie beaten all ends up if it had gone in. But I found Mane and uh, and uh, and well in particular Mane because he's been so sharp. But there was they just didn't have that cutting edge, which we which would have I think have put the game beyond Napoli way before any incidents. No, you're probably right there. Like the, the one that the instance I go back to was in the second half where Mane's down away and the right wing Salah's in the right position and the pass is just that was a have I left the gas on moment? Yeah. wasn't it? you could almost feel like he'd gone. You wonder if he was thinking too much about all the bad press he had after the the Burnley game kind of thing. Like I've got to get this right, but it was just it, it's it's hard because the standards are so high now yeah, yeah. it wasn't as Joe rightly said a bad performance at all like a nil-nil draw there it could easily have been a one-nil win it was just 
I thought, yeah, I agree up front. It was just, it was a lack of sharpness, wasn't there? If you, I've watched the highlights back again today and apart from that Salah shot on the turn that the keeper pushed down the post, there wasn't that yeah, many times that the keeper was, was worked. There wasn't much missing from the performance and, and rightly so, it was vastly improved on 12 months ago. But... I suppose they're the high standards Liverpool have set, and it's it's also that Napoli are actually a good team. Well, I was just a really good team. I was just going to put that point across, and let's not let's not do down Napoli. Um, you know, the second goal was 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 an error, and again, I think even though Van Dijk's give that a a little tickle out there when he shouldn't have, I found Robertson sort of stammered, stuttered, and, and no one really knew what to do. And um, but apart from that, look, and that's, um, Napoli were, were well drilled. They were well. They were. They were really, really good defensively. I mean, Kula Bali. I mean, put him alongside Van Dijk. He might as well. He might as well just get a roller shutter fitted to the goal. Because <laughs> he's a brick wall. I mean, I know Salah put him on his pants on his backside at Anfield. Let's hope he does that again. But he's a for a big man. He's he's got a great interpretation of where things are going. He can sort of you know he second guessed Salah quite a bit. If he's not the second best centre-half in Europe after Van Dijk, then tell me who is because he, he looks absolutely brilliant. Every time I've seen him, he's he's. Big, Why don't we just strong. get him so no one else can? I mean, he's <laughs> 150 million quid apparently is what the price tag they put on him. But I think United or City are going to go for something like that. Well, I'm surprised. I'm sure they've all had a little nibble, haven't they? But yeah, I mean, he looks brilliant. But the other areas of the team, I thought the midfielder, Alan, looked really yeah. good. Their, their forwards, Mertens is a good forward. Mertens is a good forward. Insigne, great forward. Um, I like the the fullback. Was it Rui? Yeah, fullback yeah. Rui. Thought thought he looked really good. They were very disciplined. I mean, they attacked as a team. They defended as a team. They got back and they worked really, really hard. You could see that all over the pitch. And they get a decent draw. They could go far into yeah. that competition. Yeah, they could go very far. Well, look, we were. We, I mean, let's face it. We were a spectacular Allison save away last time from going out at that stage, weren't we? And, and uh, Adrian last night. You know what an extraordinary wow. save that was. Uh, it was an absolute belter, wasn't it? He's really done well for us, Adrian, hasn't he? I mean, you know, I said to the kids last night when he made that save, when Alisson comes back, he can sit down and think, I've put a shift in this mm-hmm. season. I mean, th- there's no two ways about it. The lad has really put a shift in. Um, but I just think, there's, I think, I think maybe if there's a positive to take from last night, it's that if they're going to, because I felt there was a bit of complacency in Liverpool. There was a, you know, there was that age old thing again about resting with Alden. So you had that Fabinho who was outstanding. Certainly first half. He was getting stronger yeah. in the second half as well, but he was brilliant. But but it's that age-old thing again about Milner and Henderson, isn't it? And, and how that sort of slows down. And he, you know, you, you're desperate for Naby Keita to come back, get a little sustained, uh, injury-free kind of run in the team. So you can play someone like a Milner or a Henderson, but with Fabinho. But Keita just driving forward. There seemed to be that lack of... It was a gap, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought Milner was poor. I just yeah. thought he looked... Milner leggy. was poor. He looked yeah. leggy and tired, didn't he? Yeah, and, and just... And this look, this isn't a knock on him because he he's been been a oh, great player. He looked his he looked his age yeah. he, last night a yeah, little yeah. bit, and you know perhaps he's now a little bit more of an impact player. Um, but you know, I thought I thought Henson played quite well. Thought his passing was good. He, he was intercepting quite yeah. a bit. His passing was good. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, I, I I'm kind of getting a little bit annoyed about the the, the treatments of Shakiri. Eighty seven minutes. I mean, don't. Have faith in him or not. Surely, surely he must be able to. Unless when he's training, he he cannot be bothered retrieving a ball because clearly the only reason he's not getting a goal is because Klopp has no faith in his in his ability to 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 defend a position. Because 
it was screaming out for someone like that to try and break that deadlock. And he comes on with 87 minutes on the clock. I mean, you've got a feel from Paul. You do wonder what his, I'm not saying his future holds, but he, I'm sure he'd be thinking think about, be you know, he must think if he's not getting much more game time before January, what next summer's going to hold. And you'd think, I, I was quite surprised. You, you mentioned Cater there, or Shaqiri, even like Oxlade-Chamberlain last mm. night. I know that's the hardest game in the group, Napoli away. So I understand why you could probably go a bit of caution in midfield and, and you go your strongest side. But really, let's face it, Liverpool, there's a good chance they're going to win at least four of the remaining five. I thought last night would have been a good chance to maybe freshen it up before this weekend's big game against Chelsea. But no, Shaqiri just looks completely out of favour, doesn't he? And, and, given and yeah, he ran on last night and he was he was literally running around with the, the proverbial dog with three. You know what? Because because he was, he was you could see how much he was trying to impress, but you're not going to impress with four minutes on the clock. I just, I don't think Klopp knows what to do with him personally. I, I don't mean that. In a knock a clock, but I think he's that sort of player that doesn't play, doesn't really play across the front three that naturally. He doesn't really fit into Klopp's midfield, and Klopp, I don't know. He's he's not he's not one for like big substitutions, is he? Klopp. He doesn't no, change no. games from the bench a lot, so I I think he he likes he keeps faith in the players that he's he's picked and makes little tweaks. So I can't see him changing his formation to to fit Shakiri. And um, I I understand what you're saying, Paul. I think. It, you can understand me going a bit more cautious, but if you're going to go cautious, I just pick Wijnaldum. I just thought, yeah. I think Wijnaldum yeah. is tried, tested. He's he's a nice go between between Henderson and Milner, yeah. And, and yeah, I'd, I think he was the one I would have picked last night. Well, I think eighty not. again, eighty minutes in, it was he was making all the right decisions, wasn't he? We were looking like we were going to come away from there with a nil niler. Uh, and bring them back here. It's exactly the same job on. We've got to do exactly the same thing. We beat them at Anfield. We beat them again. You know, obviously you're going to want to come out of the group first rather than second. You've got to see beyond Genken and, and Salzburg if they can if they can really go to town on them two and get a better goal difference. Um, and then and then you know because even a one 0 win over Napoli is not going to do it if if we don't get a better goal difference, is it? And we don't want to really be finishing second. Look, we say all this, but we you know we we beat Paris Saint Germain. Barcelona and Bayern Munich on the way to getting, and as the old adage is, if you're going to win that cup, you've got to beat anyone anyway. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter in many respects. Let's just talk briefly though, because it is, and I know it's, and I know people might tut now. If by the way, hello, if you're listening uh, from whatever you, whatever you're downloading this, walking your dog and all that, I always like to say that. But thanks for, thanks for joining us once again. Really appreciate it. Uh, VAR. <laughs> Boy, oh boy. I did tweet after the City game against Tottenham. I did say like there will be weeks when I'm going to hate VAR, but this isn't one of them. But it's just off the back of the Newcastle game when Matip is headlocked to the floor and Mike Dean in some transit van somewhere down the road smelling the farts or whatever it was has decided <laughs> has decided that, that there was no offence there. Um, and then last night, you know, all right, you look at it, right? Referee, quick decision. Oh, yeah, he stuck a yep. wrong leg out. It was a bit of a lazy, silly challenge from, from, from Robertson. It was the wrong leg. It was a bit after the, after the horse had bolted. But... What is the point then? If it, referee sees it quick, what's the point in VNR? Because VAR sees it slower again and again and again from different angles. So the whole point of clear and obvious error, well, if it's the wrong decision, it's an error. So where do we draw the line here? It's, we, it's just impossible, isn't it? Because I just I what can't is the point see of how it is, Mike? I, I kind of swayed from one way to the other when it was first like muted coming in I was not up for it at all then I thought it worked okay at the World Cup there were certain incidents but it has to overrule but, surely but that, that last night I know we're still taking the decision a subjective decision of a referee and just giving it to someone else like you say 100, 100 miles down the road but last night that's just not a penalty 
Like, I just don't understand on second viewing how that can be given as a penalty. Yeah, he did leave a leg out, but the lad didn't touch that leg. And he was already going as he put the leg out. He was clearly after it. Surely VAR's there to get the right decisions. But that's just a bad call. So if you're going to have a bad call, you might as well just let the referee have a bad call initially well, rather it. than compounding it. But because then you're just going to make... You see Klopp, to be fair, I've just watched the clip of him then, and he can he controls it quite well. But he's clearly angry. Fuming. Because like a lot of these managers will come out. Guardiola, to be fair to him, is one who's like an advocate of VAR. And after the, those incidents that happened to City, and those were rightly ruled out, those goals. But like they're going to look like hypocrites sooner or later. Because... VAR is getting things wrong. And like, it wasn't perfect last night, but it did change the game. The great irony of it is, Joe, is that VAR, when it was coming in, everyone's everyone's concern was, this is going to stop the day, stop the game every five minutes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make it really clinical, really mechanical. It's done exactly the opposite because it's being so underused. You know, the referees, they've obviously had a referees meeting and, you know, the, the referees whatever they're called, the Council of Referees. <laughs> <laughs> the group of dickheads. Um, that doesn't, you can't listen to this in Qatar anymore. <laughs> no, you can't. No. Um, but they've obviously, come, they've obviously sat down with, and, and gone, look, VAR isn't, cannot at any, uh, at any time seem to undermine a referee because that's what it seems to be doing. But if you look at the Mike Dean instance, how does Mike Dean look at Matip getting headlocked to the ground? I mean, everyone, even Ian Wright, God bless him, with Match of the Day, said, I'm angry about that. Mm. That's making me angry. How can you sit there? And it's not just about the fact that VAR gets to see it again. They get to see it again and again and again, slowed down from 16 different angles. And that is the point, surely, isn't it? So how do they go, well, yeah, yeah, it's clearly not a pen, but we don't want to... We don't want to overrule the ref. What's its its point? I think the Matip one is worse, because I think with that one... The referees just missed that, not seeing it, and that's where they should that's be buzzing him or whatever and mm-hmm. saying, "Look, you you've missed a clear one there. That's a penalty because because it, it clearly was." Last night's one, they just don't want to overrule the referee's decision, do they? And he's seen it and he's made the decision. But it's like Paul says: if you if you're gonna if it's not gonna overrule decisions. Then just the don't, then I just mean, don't how much it. does it cost? How much is this cost? <laughs> One way or the other. <laughs> Do you know if I paid my taxes, I'd be living. I, uh, how much is this? Well, well, what's the point? I mean, I just don't get it. The only really way, way it works is if the ref sends number five off when it should have been number nine. And they go, actually, that's a clear and obvious error. Well, I don't understand this clear and obvious error. If it's the wrong decision, it was an error. But, but, but that's, it. that's it, isn't it? They, they don't want to undermine their referees, but either have it or don't. Either, either say... We're going to review every big decision and tell the referee when you've got that one wrong. Sorry, that's wrong. Shouldn't have been a penalty or, or whatever. But but I, I think the difficulty now is it's still open to interpretation. Think back of some like the penalties. It, here's one that I think think about. that Calvert-Lewin in the derby. No one will ever convince me that Which that a is a penalty. Yeah. But, but I know a lot of people... Decent people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with, with decent jobs. Decent, that think that was a penalty. So... You could watch that over and over and over again, and we might never agree. But and that's, that's but, the problem with but, VAR. But, yeah, but no, but I don't think it is because, in that sense, that is about interpretation. But that is, if you were to sit down with the technology that VAR has at its disposal with those people, you may still get that kind of response, but not with it because that was one of those ones where you look and see: Does Lovren know he's mm-hmm. there? Is he actually pushing into Lovren? Who's doing what? That last night, and more so the point of Newcastle one, that was a defender with his arm round a strike, a, 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 an attacking player's neck, pulling them to the ground. Last night, although it was the wrong foot by Robertson, if you see that slowed down, 
you can clearly see that the guy doesn't. There's no contact no. made, and he launches over the top of him. If anything, it's 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 assimilation. But there's people. There's people that are saying last night, Mark Clattenberg being one, and th- think what you want about him. But he says it was a penalty, and he's seen. He's seen and even Ka- even Carragher turned around and said you'd want it at the other end. Let, let's be but honest. Uh, yeah, if, but he once gave a penalty two yards outside the box. <laughs> it, let, let's face it. If that had been at the other end, I'd be screaming. Yeah, for it. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, of course you would. Well, I did say it. that to me, kids, last night. I said, look, these. And at the end of the day, you can't you can't encapsulate the whole performance no, on that because no. they then went on to score another one, which was a. Uh, you know, uh, an uncharacteristic. I think that's probably the reason why they they brought that player on because he likes to get he likes to mix it up, don't he? He, don't, he did um, it for Tottenham last year, didn't he? he? Did I actually don't, think he's, I, I don't that. think he's that good a player, no. but he just no, he's an old fashioned, he's an old fashioned centre forward. Yeah. He's like a Kevin Davis, yeah. he's like yeah. a kind of you get, and I think he ruffles feathers. I think that's what he does. And I did and, love on commentary they said, oh, he's got revenge for the, the Champions League final. <laughs> It's not quite revenge, is it? No. The most crushing defeat of your whole career. Yeah. Or, but it's all right, because you got the second in, a, in, in a an group opening game. group game, yeah. you know, like... Unbelievable, unbelievable. Sweet revenge. It was... It, so, so all in all, really, um, you know, you could say no harm done. There's a hole in the boat, but we can we can mend it. Um, but I just think... I, I think for the, for the longer ramifications of it, I think it's probably a good thing in the sense that Liverpool... Um, are 5-0 and in the league. You know, they, they, they haven't slipped up yet. They've got Chelsea away on Saturday to make it six out of six. If ever we needed a reality check, it was just before a game like that, wasn't it? And I think Liverpool are going to come away, particularly the front three. I mean, Bobby was still good, but um, certainly Mane and, and Salah, I think underperformed by their own standards, let's be honest with you. They weren't as sharp. But that was all around the pitch. There was a lot of loose balls. We were, you know, there was a lot of turnovers then getting turned over again, wasn't there? A lot of us getting the ball and then the first touch a bit heavy. All a bit stuttery. And, and if we can if we can take them out of of, of Chelsea, uh, then it hasn't been a bad thing. No, I think it's like, it, you look at City, they've had their reality check, all right? It, Liverpool's consistency has been absolutely remarkable to win 14 games on the run. And in, in a strange way, you'd actually prefer to lose a game like that than in the league. Because even yeah. though City have dropped five points so far, you know they're going to come back probably with a vengeance. So in a way, it, I, I think even Klopp last night, like I think he... you. The more the narrative going into the game, and it's right, a lot of people, more and more people saying this is the best Liverpool side of our lifetimes, it's the best since the 1991, 87, 88. I think it's only natural in some way, even though you can tell the show focused on the clock, that you would not believe the hype, but there's only natural if you're that good at some point you're going to get into your comfort zone. Yeah. So I'm actually with you, I think. Like, I think it was Mark Lawrenson as well said on the, on, on, on the BBC. You have to always remember that when the first game of, of a new campaign, when you've won the cup, and the first game, you've got to get it out of your heads that you're the champions and, and, and more think about, wow, you know, we're here again, we're at this stage again and not take anything for granted. I think possibly a little bit of complacency might have sneaked in last night. A little bit of, certainly towards the back, a bit of complacency and a bit of, and because Napoli pressed well, kept their shape, were disciplined, they took advantage of it. And I think it's a case now where, Klopp's got a bit to, to bite into, hasn't he, for Saturday? He's got a bit to sit down and tell him. He's got a bit. He's got a bit of footage to show them to say, "Look, you weren't sharp there. You were. You were second guessed. Salah was second guessed. His touch is still amazing. Some of the the way he can bring a ball down, high balls knocked across the pitch. He brings them down. That's effortless. Mm. I just think he was second guessed quite a bit. Um, and again with Mane, so not a bad thing going into a big game. We just did yesterday. I mean, that John Stones is out for six months. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not six, sorry, not six months. John six, Stones, the uh, port over six, six months. Out six months. John six... Stones uh, out for a month. Or yeah, three yeah. weeks, six weeks, month or six weeks. Yeah. Uh, and we we've got to get every morsel of of good fortune we can and try and move on from it. So, 
you know, Saturday was always going to be a big game, even more important now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the key thing that you were saying there, discipline. If they're disciplined at the weekend, they don't make silly mistakes. Mm-hmm. I think they'll beat Chelsea. They, this is a young Chelsea team that's still finding their way. They're still finding their identity, aren't they? You know, they're, they're, they're still a bit hit and miss. But if you don't Lost make Lost a big defense, player to Mason Mount yesterday, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And what an important player for them. Definitely, and he looks a good player as he well. He's a really, yeah. really good player, doesn't he? Hey, man, that Tammy Abraham, I think, look like decent yeah. prospects. So, yeah. And I think with him out, hopefully, and, and if Liverpool can keep Tammy Abraham quiet, then then I think that game will be... They can easily win that game. I honestly do, I think. I think this is a young Chelsea side that will come and attack Liverpool and that, that will play into their hands. So The ego you know. of Frank Lampard may play some part yeah, in it as well when he'll so. want to come here and try and play them. But I, I, think that, I think that's absolutely dangerous if he thinks he can go toe-to-toe with Liverpool because, to hand, yeah. like, to be fair... Quite surprised by how decent they were in the Super Cup final, Chelsea. Particularly after being beat by United 4 0 the weekend. But interestingly, Frank Lampard in a recent interview said, you know, they were talking about how the season's gone. He said, well, we should have won the Super Cup. Well, you were 2 1 down until you spawned a pen that that shouldn't have been a pen. And since then, let's face it, like I know they've had a good result at Wolves, but I think I was reading this morning, they've conceded 14 goals in seven games. And they do look open, don't they? They do look like they want to take uh, games to teams. And they did that at United, and United beat them 4-0. And this is probably one of the poorest United sides for 30 years. So I think if Chelsea come with the aim of attacking Liverpool on uh, the weekend, I think that they could be in real trouble. Definitely. Yeah, and, 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 and as I say, in many ways, you know, we can look at last night's result and say, well, it will just... Uh, it will just get them fired up and get them focused. If anything's going to focus them, it's 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 a blip like that, isn't it? Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. What's the word? It's it's who who we can make work in that midfield. Naby Keita. What what's what's the uh, what's the time frame on his injury? Does anyone actually know anything about that? Klopp said last week that he'd be back in training after Napoli. So. Back in full training this week. Um, so hopefully by Klopp's press conference on Friday, hopefully by then, uh, he'll have had a couple of days training. I don't think it'll I don't think he'll play against Chelsea, but hopefully maybe even get a little run, run out against MK Dons next week in the Carabao Cup and then um the following game after that. So I, I think I almost think Liverpool are crying out for Kate and Al. Just mm. just a little bit someone a little bit different in midfield. A little bit of X factor, you know, I think Oxide Chamberlain's done quite well this season in that in that position, but I think Cater can offer something. Oxide Chamberlain's a bit more power, isn't he? Cater's a bit more poison. I would like to see. I'd like to see him. Really, really would. I think. I think he either got a run of games at the start of this season. Had he not got injured, I think he was nailed on to start that Super Cup against Chelsea um, until he got he picked up the the knock in training. So um, that's it's amazing how these, to see him. it's amazing how these sort of innocuous kind of. Knocks before the game can 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 take so long, isn't it? Yeah, Liverpool aren't always the best, but they're kind of like they're never completely straight are with the injuries kind of thing. Klopp keeps uh, Klopp keeps it at arm's length, doesn't he? Yeah. When it comes to injuries, so quite often, like Allison and Kater plays like that, he never gives a straight answer, does he? Allison, which is fair enough. You know, as he wants, you know, for what we saw on the pitch for being the kind of injury it was, doesn't seem to be something that that would have kept him out this long. So, but it, but, and he clearly has to be out this long, otherwise he would have been back by now. It's something that Alex Ferguson used to do at United, yeah, didn't he? All the time, he'd yeah. always say people people are injured or serious injuries <laughs> and, they, and they just crop up in games and, and, and they'd be back. And, and I think for Alisson, I certainly think that, that as soon as he suffered that injury, I think they knew it was a bad one. Mm-hmm. But, but they had a new keeper who'd trained with them for less than a week 
and they thought if we say now Alisson's out for three months the pressure the pressure yeah. On, yeah. on Adrian and all yeah. the fans looking at him if he made one error which he did do at Southampton people will be people like on his back we've got three it, yeah. months to, yeah. to play with this and, and Liverpool look are clever in the way they manage these things and Klopp's clever and it definitely comes from him I'm sure it does yeah. you know so so fair play to them it, it, it's the way they want to manage it and you've got to respect that and you know it's just frustrating when it's happened with Kater a few times hasn't it where it seems to be something innocuous and a month later you're still saying well where's Kater and then it's how long it gets back into the side do you, do you think there's any particular reason why Oxley Chamberlain didn't make it? Didn't make a, 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 an appearance last night. Do you think maybe because he's easing him back in, he might have thought it was. I, a- I think with injuries like that, you realise just how much it takes out of a player. It can t- they can maybe out for nine months, but you might not see the best of him for twelve to fifteen months because he doesn't shake he, on the he, pitch. He, does he? He, he chases the ball, yeah. doesn't he? So he- and the fact that Klopp's not felt the need or the want to put him in the consecutive games, I think, shows that. He may not be ready just yet. When you've got the options that Klopp's got in midfield, you probably don't need to, no. to rush him back in. But on case, I think since you, you mentioned the word pressure there, this actually might be the best time for him to come back into the team because it's probably the first stage in his Liverpool career where there's not that much pressure on him. Sure. You know, whereas yeah. like at the start of last season, on this podcast alone, like it was always, when are we going to see the real Naby Keita? Whereas now, Liverpool have proven that even though he may be like an answer to some kind of solutions in there now, but he can actually survive without him, fine. But it might be the time for him to really stand up now because, listen, he was that big money signing, but Liverpool have proven that even though he didn't have a great first season at the club, won the Champions League. So yeah. now, you know, come in without that pressure and just play with the, the freedom like he's got, isn't he? Because he's that kind of player, isn't he? There's something there with Kane. Yeah. You know, I think probably rival fans look at it and go, you know, the, the odd, they make the odd joke and... And I wonder whether Liverpool have overspent, but I think for any person who's seen him play, you can see that there's a player. There's moments there. there's as something. soon as he gets that ball, look, yeah. you can feel a crowd going, can't yeah. you? He has a great ability to run with the ball at his yeah. feet, and he is that link. I think that we um, that that we require. I I I saw us a couple of times again, personally to me, or whether or not it's just been put in my head now, and I'm looking at it during the game, but I felt like that. Um, Liverpool's back four were pushing up again. You know, they're talking about them pushing out the pitch. They seem very... And I think they are susceptible to those balls over the top. There is definitely a feeling, isn't it, that the the, the, the strength of the defence last year is, is, isn't is quite there at the moment. It does feel a little bit like they're, they're penetrable, does it not? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, I wonder whether... Do you think that's because of that, though? Did you notice last night a couple of times, and I've seen it a lot of times with, with Trent, and it must be the way he's told to play, but he drifts in a lot. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, against Newcastle, we had that ball over the top that that um, the craft smashed over the bar, mm-hmm. but he was alone. Ronaldo mm-hmm. never picked him up. And last night, a couple of times, that ball was getting lifted over the top there, and Trent was having to then come to the player and was picking it up because he was nowhere near him. Um, I don't know whether that's... He's clearly allowed... I remember doing that against Sané uh, yeah, at City, yeah. when we played City at Anfield. But it does feel like... The people are starting to look for that ball over the top and then try and sprint past the back four. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder whether he'll eventually try and get Gomez back in the team just just because because of his pace and as well as Matip has played. And I'm not saying that I think Matip deserves to be dropped, but Gomez offers you a quicker option, doesn't he? And mm. and, and if people are looking to, to chip a ball over the top, I think if you're going to play high like that, yeah. if you're going to push your your you've back got to have pace. forward, you've got to have pace because they're, that's they're going to do that. Aren't we saw team. we saw him cover so many times right back as well in terms of getting back, getting across when he, when he from centre half last season when people ran him behind. So I do wonder whether eventually they will look to try and ease him back into the side. 
Um, but I, don't know, I think Trent does come in field, but he, he gets involved in midfield a lot, doesn't he? And you know, I, th- I think they often target that to try, try and get him get him crossing the ball from deep. So perhaps that's just a quirk of the formation. Yeah, it was just one of them nights I think last night where. Every now and again, you'll see it happen where, I mean, even the crosses into the box were too deep, weren't they? Too deep, too long. And it was just a sort of a misfire, wasn't it? A little bit of a misfire. And all the elements came together. A bit of a perfect storm, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Interesting what uh, Ancelotti said to Klopp after the game. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Ancelotti gave him a hug and said, because I think Klopp had, Klopp had also mentioned that um, Napoli are good enough to win the tournament. I, no one would disagree with no, that. They're, no, great, no. they're a very, very good side, particularly at home. Ancelotti said to Klopp afterwards, uh, I told him, don't you worry if you lose in Naples, then you end up winning the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> of course, famously, that's what happened last season. And he said, I thank Klopp for saying that we can win this competition, but there's a long way to go. But he definitely, I wonder if there's a bit of, because you know, it's famously, Ancelotti was one of the ones Interviewed for the Liverpool job, wasn't he? I wonder if there was a little bit of extra air with, with Klopp because he didn't get the job done yet again. And uh, he would love to have come away with that with three points, wouldn't he? He does seem to be one of the few managers who's not got Klopp's number, but has won a few games yeah. about him in the past. I'm sure Napoli beat, uh, one of his teams beat Dortmund. They might be wrong there, but certainly, obviously, there's the back to back ones uh, in Naples in the past year, and even the summer, the pre season friendly. I quite like Ancelotti. Like, I, I think he's just a real classy operator. I'm like, yeah, but then this, how many people could we say that about Klopp, really, that the manager's had his number kind of thing, you know? But we, we, it's, it, all, it all comes back to, like, Liverpool are so good now that the talking points, you it's only small chinks in the armour, isn't it? Yeah. It's like it's like a defeat. We have to talk like this because it's a defeat and it's the first one in God knows how long since Barcelona, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, But our fifth consecutive away defeat in Europe, isn't well, it? That, well, that's... Yeah. that's that, Won the main one, but Bayern, you know, right, and, yeah. and but you're right. It's I suppose that is is five, is it five and six now. I don't. Know. Yeah, I think the last before Bayern was it Maribor and um, De Brechen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I just that's just a it's just a weird quirky staff, isn't it? That doesn't mean that this Liverpool side couldn't go away and beat most of the teams in Europe. They are European champions for a reason. But like like you were saying, it is it's almost difficult to do this podcast because you you've got to pick pick little holes in a in a game, you know, and, and look at it look at a defeat. When there's not really that much to be negative about, is there really? You know, no, there you... really isn't. I mean it was a bit of a shell shock when it last night. Yeah. It felt I felt I felt a little bit the way it did coming out when I walked out the um, the new camp after the three 0 defeat because we played really well. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like you feel like someone's just you've been tangled a little chubby guy in a nappy <laughs> orange guy snapped in the face with a fish. Because you kinda of go, Whoa, what happened there? Because you know everything was fine and you know, you go to kettle, you go to put the kettle on and go to the toilet and come back and you're one down and then two down and it, it all seems a little bit And I, I, to be fair, I think I think I think I think that's been widely accepted. I mean, when you look at social media, there wasn't a lot of there was a little bit of what happened then, but there was no yeah. why wow, this is terrible. Most people, you know, really positive about the first half. And then like you say, ironically, we were just starting to get a grip of the second half. Let's just let's just bring us all back to reality with something I saw last night on Twitter that I retweeted. Uh this is a lineup. Oh, this is great. This is a Liverpool lineup that will put airs on your chest, let me tell you. When you consider what we've got at Anfield now, who we've got. So, first of all, we start off with the coach, Roy Hodgson. <laughs> I'd love to know when this was. I'm not really sure when it was, but listen to this for a line. Barring a couple, which I put on my tweets when I passed this on, Pepe Reina and goal. Great goalkeeper, Pepe yeah. Reina. Great saving for the club. Brilliant. Uh, started losing a bit near post towards the end. But he was a great, one, yeah. of the best, one of the best distributors of a ball I've ever seen, certainly by a throw. It was extraordinary. Yeah. Then let's look at the back four. We start with Konchesky, <laughs> <laughs> whose mum is, a, is an advocate of the city, as we know. Comes here all the time. Loves going on the uh, on the ducks. <laughs> I think it said duck anyway. Um, 
So we got Koncheski alongside Koncheski propping up the centre of, of the back four here. We've got Kitty Arcus. <laughs> I mean, you're just thinking, whoa, alongside him, Jamie Carragher, of course. There's the other one there that we can't really follow. Gotta feel sorry for Jamie. Gotta feel sorry for Jamie in this <laughs> one. And, Pepe. and then we got Glenn Johnson alongside. Uh, I mean, you know, we stick to, stuck around for a while. There's plenty of pace in that back four. Plenty of pace <laughs> yeah, there, isn't yeah. there? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Now let's go to the midfield. When you need a back, when you got a back four like that, or certainly a two of a back four like that, you need something in the midfield there that's gonna really, <laughs> gonna really show that up, don't you? Okay, so let's start with Jay Spearing. Oh, good loving Jay. Good little yeah, player this yeah, time. Never yeah. and I think he was one of those players, isn't he, that without disrespecting him, and I don't want to disrespect him. But felt like it was a step too far, I think. A long run in the Liverpool side would have been a step too far, I think, for for Jay Spearing. Went on to have a great career anyway. Mm. So alongside him, Christian Poulsen. <laughs> I mean, I've woke up. Have you ever seen those films where, like horror films, where someone's tossing and turning in bed and sweating, and then you come up to the camera going, <laughs> his wife goes, What's up, honey? He goes, Well, I do that. And then my wife says, What's up? I go, Christian Possum. <laughs> I mean, he was a phenomenon. I don't even, if you told me what he looked like, I, I, I was describing him, I, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup, I'll be honest with you, which is probably where he is now. Um, I can't remember any specific moment, but you just remember it before really or bad, after. But, but it's like, it's like having like a near-death experience, which you can't really remember. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it was bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. You know, what photographs did he have on Hodgson? What did he have? They must have been incredible. But of course... <laughs> Sorry, Do you remember Hodgson said like, that's not, that's not, it was after like a game he played badly and he was like, let's not pretend he's, he's that good. But um, but he's an experienced operator, but Hodgson just killed him. Killed him. In an interview. Hodgson always, always yeah. I will always yeah. remember, famously yeah. said to him around, and said, uh, I will do cartwheels if we can get a result, if we ever got a result at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> Something ridiculous where you go, that's not really what you're supposed to be saying. Uh, okay, so we've got, we've got Spearman and Paulson there as the two, the Samsons, Samson and Delilah of the midfields. <laughs> uh, and then uh, it was a midfield five, by the way. It was a front five with a, with a one up front. So we've gone four, five, one here. Uh, the other three in that, in that midfield, Jovanovic. Oh. Another one again. If I wouldn't know who he was, if he if he came up and, and pinched me bum um, in the centre of that Morellis, who actually was quite a fair Jack player, Morellis, um, weird haircut, but he uh, and then he and then decided he probably looked at this lineup when I'm off to Chelsea, <laughs> quite frankly, <laughs> uh, and then John Joe Shelby. So there's your midfield: Pulson, Spearing, Jovanovic, Morellis, Shelby. Now. When you've got that team so far, you need someone you can top rely striker. on. Front, you need one of the top, one of the top strikers in the world. But he was busy, so we got in Gog. <laughs> <laughs> what a lineup that is! I'll just read that again for you: Rainer and Gog, Konchesky, Kiriakos, Carragher, Johnson at the back, Poulsen, Spearing, Jovanovic, Morelles, Shelby, and then Gog. That's a real lineup. That didn't happen. That that that's not like a joke. So, boy, it's in this decade, that as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, that's 2010, wasn't it? 2010, <sighs> yeah. I mean, boy, oh boy, it's scary. Yeah, if you have any perspective, just read that if line. If you have any perspective, <laughs> just have a little look at that. Just, just, it's on my Twitter page, uh, in case you don't believe me. <laughs> it's I'm true. I'm trying to find this, this Paulson quote because it's so <laughs> funny. Like, it just completely throws him under the bus. But that's just like some of the, some of the great quotes. Well, he was just, it was just that incredible time. We've, we've mentioned it before, but you just look and you think, but it's like the Bobby Ewing coming after shower moments in it where you go, oh, it didn't happen then. Oh, fantastic. And then you think, no, it actually did. So really speaking, while you're trying to find that, well, we've got Chelsea <laughs> coming up. Chelsea coming up. Uh, again, you've said keep Tammy Abraham uh, at bay. Mason Mount looks like he's not going to be, well, he's not going to be fit for that. Do you, do you see any problems um, on Saturday? Is it Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. 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 Do you see any problems? Uh, Sunday, Paul? 
they play with freedom, don't they? They're open. I mean, you're right. You know, they would, you're right. I mean, certainly the first half of the Super Cup, they, 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 they were chasing us. Better than what I expected. And to be fair, I know Wolves are going through a bad time, and uh, they're playing Europa, Europa League football, aren't they? Which does everyone's does everyone's game in early days. But and they won they won five at Wolves, so they can't be bad because Wolves are a pretty decent team. But even in that game, Wolves got two back, and like if they're conceding two goals a game, yeah, and that, and that the suggest- goals they got back were like pinball, yeah, weren't yeah, they? That put- suggest- and they've not taken anyone of Liverpool standing, yeah, apart from Liverpool, obviously, kind of thing. But I just, I think it'd be a tough game because Chelsea's always a tough game. We all know about the modern rivalry between the clubs, but I just, you've got to remember, there's no hazard this time. Yeah. Like, and the he, mission is so bad, he, he was probably a, a fawn in Liverpool's side for a number of years, and you take that kind of play caliber of player out the side you, you, you're lacking defensively they're no longer the Chelsea that they were I, I, I can't see there being a problem Joe have you found it yeah, yeah it's just it's only something small but it's like listen to, it's, this will be like listening to Gandalf yeah. this one or someone you know with, with this is just a very wisdom. short end of the quote it goes on but he's got quality he's a good defensive midfield player he's not that bad on the ball he's not that Liverpool bad on the ball football club. But, but let's not beat around the bush and just try and disguise the fact he's had a bad start <laughs> Imagine being Paulson there. He's not that bad. He's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> He's not uh, been ab- very good. Absolutely incredible. Imagine, imagine reading that if you got me. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah. Just going, whoa. And he brought him. Uh, so Napoli out the way. Uh, obviously, Sunday, half four kickoff, just in case you didn't know, is, uh, is Chelsea away. That'll be the first six. We get a result there. Six out of six. Incredible start to the season. 18 points if we can do that. If they can do that, it, it will be incredible. I don't know. Who's, who is City playing this weekend? Uh, I shall tell no, you right now. I shall I mean, tell you right now. It, it would be it would be an incredible start. Um, last year's start was was very good. I think this be what Chelsea was the first. Chelsea would have been the first game to drop points, yeah, wasn't they, it? They drew one one. Storage is long long distance. I mean, if they can go one better, that that would be brilliant. Um, Wofford. <laughs> Wofford at home, yeah. so you, you're yeah, going to look mad. You, you could have said Norwich away and laughed, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, but Wofford at home, I, you never I know. A new manager it. bounce. You never know. They were yeah. good against Arsenal as well. Well, it'd be Arsenal interesting to see what City are going to stick in the back four then, because you'd have a go at them anyway, wouldn't you? Norwich proved you last would week. now. You, yeah, you'd de- well, let's, do you know what? Let's hope that happens because a couple of was it, might have been last season. To be fair, um, um, I think it was the season before when we beat them in the Champions League. They got beat a couple of times, didn't they? They got beat. And then it, I think it was Tottenham played them and just rolled over again. And you just think you have to have you have to get it. Well, if you get it any side, I mean Napoli proved that last night with us. If you get it any side with a bit of with a bit of gusto and you get at them, you can do it. Knowledge. And there's another there's another beautiful lesson in taking your chances, isn't it? Liverpool had how many chances last night? Couldn't finish them. I think Norwich had three chances, mm-hmm. scored three times. I'm not so sure it's a good thing that John Stones has got injured. To be honest, because I think that that centre half pairing. I yeah. don't know whether anyone saw Monday Night Football, but. Uh, Neville and Carragher tore them apart, didn't they? And, and, and I just think... Who have they got to replace him? Fernandinho. Certainly Fernandinho will drop into... And, he's and done that before. He's, be honest, a player, he's, he's a good player, isn't he? He's a good player and he's a clever player. And I just wonder whether what a he'll pity drop was, in and just what, show a bit of experience. What a pity that wasn't a real, like a United order. Mm. A big, big, big yeah. game rather than well, rather than Wofford at home. Because if you're going to bed Fernandinho in, yeah. in the back four, you want, you want Wofford at home, don't you? Yeah, that's true. But yeah, the, well, the other player I just want to mention, uh, you mentioned him last night, thought um, Fabinho was so, so Tremendous, good. Yeah, yeah, let's talk and, about yeah. Fabinho. And I saw someone tweeted midway through the game, and I, I, I'd be interested to see what you think about this, but someone said Fabinho was better than Mascherano ever was for Liverpool. 
And I have to admit, I agree. I just think he's a far better all-round player. Yeah. I think I think the difference is that Fabino, Fabino, it's 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 it looks effortless. Whereas Mascherano always looked like he had to get stuck yeah. in. Yeah. Mascherano did the job. I did a brilliant job, but he was he smaller. Did. Don't forget, you know, and he and he, he was. And weirdly enough, I was calling him last season when we when we got him. I was calling him Inspector Gadget. And Van Dyke called him Inspector Gadget. He said he's got legs like Inspector Gadget. He just does that effortless thing with his time. And, um, you know, he always sees legs. Just seems to be long enough to whip that ball back. So I think he does. You're probably right. And it looks a lot better than the way Mascherano did it. But Mascherano had something about him in a different way, didn't he? Yeah, I suppose that Mascherano was a different type of player. I think he covered more ground, didn't he? Got across the pitch and scampered round. Yeah. But Fabinho seems to play that role on his own. He's, he's a great passer of the ball. Far better than perhaps he gets credit for. And... And he makes such good, clean tackles, doesn't yeah. he? I mean, at times when you think good decisions, good decisions get, takes up good areas. He's a bit more, I suppose he's a bit more like a man than he is Mascherano. Yeah. You, you wouldn't, you, perhaps you wouldn't That's compare That's who reminds me of sometimes yeah. when yeah. you look at him. That lazy but, style he's got. Yeah. The, the, and yet he's really, really, he's really working, but it yeah. looks, I think it's because it's effortless. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's clever, isn't it? And he, he gets into the right positions, so... Perhaps not the perfect comparison, but I did think it was interesting. And, and I think Fabinho's at that level now where you look at him and think he's there's, there's many very good players in Liverpool's team, but he's one of the very best, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's, he's one of the very best. And that's why it's going to be exciting to see um, who we can get. I mean, if Cater can come back and just have that little sustained run. Because I think then, I think Milner is probably, no, no disrespect to him, but maybe just getting to the point in his career now where he's going to be getting brought on when we need to stabilise things a little bit rather than trying to go from the start where he's... Because it just, I mean, like you said, just looked a bit leggy tonight. And he hadn't played, had he? So it's not as though he'd... It's no surprise. But, you know, you'd be more than comfortable with Milner playing at home. That's most of the teams in the Premier League. Yeah, when you're in your the midfield, brain, he? Still yeah. got the brain, still still puts in the work, still still a very, very good player. But but I think last night... I don't know, I, I just would have picked Wijnaldum. I think perhaps Wijnaldum just got a a little bit of better engine on him. Do you think the Klopp didn't pick him just because he wanted to rest him and thought that what he has on the pitch was enough yeah. to, to yeah. give him yeah. that rest? He's done that a lot of times. You can tell past, that he's played Milner in those kind of games, yeah. hasn't he? And you, you can, you can tell then when he reverses that that he that he knows it hasn't worked, yeah. doesn't he? When he gets Milner off for Wijnaldum, yeah. you know that that was the actual lineup he wanted. Uh, but by then, he's sort of chasing the game. And again, you know, I, I think... I think the Shaq thing is 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 a bit of a shame, really, isn't it? Because I just think eighty. When you turn around and go eighty-seven minutes, I bet Shaq thought, well, "What? What exactly do you expect me to do with, with, with that kind of game time left?" And it really was sort of that was one nil down. I think one I saw then. I think mm. it was go on and try and nick as one. In which case, you, you'd be forgiven for thinking, "Well, if you think I'm good enough to try and nick you one with three minutes to go, why don't you give me a little bit longer?" You know, Glock yeah. won't approach any game like this. But if you think about all the games in the next few weeks, last night was probably the most expendable. If, yeah, if I think, you, I think yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. That's the one if you lose, then yeah. you're still looking at it going, every Klopp will be sitting in, in Melwood now thinking, well, we'll still go through. Win all five. Yeah, win all win, five. Win all five. So I, I don't think... What he's got to worry about is the complacency of a Salzburg... Yeah, yeah, one all or something yeah. stupid like that away from yeah. home. Do you know all what I mean? it does is there's less margin for that now yeah. by losing the first game. I just hope that the that last night just becomes a, a, a bit of a focus pull for Liverpool, and it's a yeah. bit of a, it's because it's it must be hard to motivate by saying when you've won the fourteen on the trot. He's got something to motivate. He's got a motivating tool back now, hasn't he? He's got something to go. Well, that's what happens when you take your finger off the trigger. Yeah. That's what happens when you get a little bit complacent. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, uh, let's look at Liverpool's happens. next six then. Erp. Uh, Man- Ooh, hang on, that's not right, is it? Well, I've gone way off the ball, yeah. 
I don't know what's going on here. I've lost my fixtures. It's MK Dons. MK Dons. So it's MK Dons Football League third round. Then we've got Sheffield United away. Um, and then we've got Salzburg at home. Leicester City at home. Genk. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Decent side, Leicester, I think, this year. They are a decent yeah. side, yeah. I thought they underachieved a little bit against uh, United. Yeah, they missed a few chances in the Madison had one that saved well. Um, but I think they look a decent side. They're the sort of team that you're going to have to be really wary of at home. Yeah, they're not going to come here and park the bush, are they? No. It's, no. it's, it's that's one of those. It still your problems. still a good run of fixtures, that, isn't yeah, it, really? Oh, yeah. yeah, very good. If you can get through to the next international break, still top of the league with a little a little cushion, even if it's a couple of points. And more than happy. Well, we got Sheffield United at home, uh, twenty eighth, and then we go into the the horrible October, then don't we? Which is uh, stacked. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's also the month that we have uh, United. Um, and then we get into November, and we got it's not far away then before we get City. So we have we have got some big games coming up. Definitely, we've but, just got to make sure we keep the foot in the gas. But and I think it's vitally important uh, the team do that just because this run of fixtures is the perfect chance to do it. Because you know, last season when people were saying, "Oh, drop points at United or Everton or Arsenal," kind of cost Liverpool the league. It's not over the course of a season points away at those kind of not your, your biggest rivals in terms of quality, but your biggest rivals in terms yeah. of traditional rivalry. United Everton are they're good points over the course of the season. It's the Leicester's at home. It's ridiculous that we're saying Leicester at home, West Ham away, cost Liverpool the league, but. Ultimately, it probably did. Yeah, definitely. But these runner games now, three on Sunday yeah. against Chelsea, those three after they, if you can go into like the next October international break, isn't it? With like eight wins out of eight, City will have to, it's the pressure that'll put on well, City is massive and because and th- they're five behind now. And they're I think that's behind. why they go on. They they go on the pitch against uh, against Norwich, and I think that's why because we've already done the damage early yeah. on in the afternoon. It's got to, it's got I mean, to get if, to them at if, some point. If I had to turn around to you and said five games in, we'd be five points clear. You'd have you'd have you'd have. Put me in a straight jacket, wouldn't you? Yeah, and people, people, you know, you see a lot of Mickey taking, don't you, on Twitter afterwards and on social media because people say, oh, you think you've won the league already? And nobody thinks that. But no. also, after watching these two sides be separated by a point last year, 98, 97 points, five points is massive mm, any yeah. time in the season. Yeah. It, it's These are two really good sides. And five points, if Liverpool end up winning the the, the league by a point at the end of the season, this this part of the season this was period. massive. Yeah. It's, you know, it's all the same, isn't it? You're playing for three points in every game, so f- five points now could prove to be massive. So, yeah, Liverpool should be very happy. Absolutely. Positivity, that's what we need. That's what we have to do. We look at it last night, we get beat 2-0. But, you know, like I say, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a smack in the face that we could do with every now and again. Couldn't have been a better um, fixture for that to happen in. Um, fairly, fairly harmless, really so far uh, a great start to the season five points clear uh, onwards and upwards and um, you know bring on Chelsea Stamford Bridge on Sunday thank you very much boys enjoy your buenos Paul Wheelock we'll do. how does it feel mate. being back in the saddle brilliant being great mate yeah, uh, back and we had that chair adjusted to fit your ass after you're all inclusive <laughs> <laughs> Paul I'll thank you very much you're always welcome back in Cheers, the booth mate. you know that Joe always a pleasure yeah. mate. I don't see you that, that often anymore you're a high flyer now you're up with the movers and shakers aren't you <laughs> <laughs> not really just end up getting pulled into more meetings since you've joined the boardroom <laughs> yeah, yeah. nice to see you my friend uh, thanks very much for your views uh, onwards and upwards people uh, don't forget to tune in next time wherever you are thank you for listening to Poetry Emotion with me Neil Fitz you've been listening to the Poetry Emotion podcast on the Blood Red channel <laughs>